This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, Maria here. Throughout the series, you'll hear from Angel and myself as we go into some pretty intense details about George's life and, sadly, about her untimely death. Due to the nature of the conversations we're having, all names, both of persons of interest and friends, will be changed or redacted to protect their identities unless they give us permission otherwise. This series contains discussions of extremely sensitive subjects that include violence, sexual assault, mental health, abuse of a minor, racism, classism, negligence, neglect, and of course, murder. This podcast and its contents are not suitable for all listeners. Please use your discretion. And now to the episode. I wanted very much to have a big special send-off. I wanted to be able to say, We did it! The case is solved! We're done! By the time that we reached this episode. And while we made leaps and bounds, we're not there yet. This is our last scheduled episode. And even though we'll continue to put out updates and special interviews... Part of me thinks it should feel somber that this part of the plan is done. But it doesn't feel somber at all. It feels like this was the first step towards something much greater. Our mission remains to see justice in George's case and hold all of the people at fault for her circumstances accountable. And we will do that. That's not something we're going to walk away from. But that's not really where George's story ends for us. Angel will always have the memories of her big sister, She'll always have the heartache and the empty space in her life where George's living body once stood. But something that's so magical about Angel is that she's not taking that as the final say on her sister and what that legacy will be. She's taking George's lead and helping others with the platform that she now has. And thankfully, by the aligning of stars and the grace of the universe, I get to ride along with her. And what a ride it has been. This is it. It's the last scheduled episode. And it's not even on schedule. <laughs> Babies, as the one sitting on my lap right now can tell you, do not make for good podcasting partners. Yeah, last scheduled episode. Oh my gosh. I we know. Did 13 episodes. Seems like we just got started. I think Georgia would be very proud. I do too. I do. <clears throat> Oh my god. <laughs> he was agreeing. He was he was saying yeah in the baby way, you know. Should I should I keep that? Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> that's so that's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I do want to say this. Obviously this has been a long journey. It has been a hard one. But more so than anything, I deeply appreciate where it has taken you. I have seen you evolve into a completely different kind of strength. It's so awe-inspiring, and I have had such a great time doing this with you. I really have. It's been tough. The subject matter hasn't always been fun. I mean, it's never. Subject matter is literally never fun. 
but <laughs> the process of getting to see you talk about the things that hurt and handle them with such grace it's been such a pleasure to be a part of your life and this process thank you I appreciate you being here with me along the journey you know it's uh, I would have never like and I know I give the same story over and over and over but I would have never been the one to be you know putting stuff on Instagram and all these other social medias and sharing the most intimate parts of my heart but I guess it was it was time you know and it's all working together like a miracle so you know God put the right people in my life at the right time and the right information has come to light you know at the right time so and if I may be so bold I think your sister had a lot to do with that too I think someone's got to be sitting in in his ear, you know. I do. I do. I know in the beginning of all of this, I was a skeptic. <laughs> I've always maintained that I ask a lot of questions and I don't know that if I'm if I have the kind of faith that makes me see the answers that you see. But more so now than ever before in my life. I'm trying. My gosh, you just burped again. <laughs> We're trying to have this sweet moment, and this this little boy is sitting here like, I've got gas, <laughs> and I want to share it with the world. Hey, he's agreeing. That's his yes. That's his agreeing. <laughs> but you know, I think that's part of the beautiful journey because I remember. About a month or so after, you know, I had my first public post and, you know, I just had a moment with God and I was just like, man, like, this is not what I envisioned in life. You know, he said the process is going to make people believe, you know, and it's like the closer to, I'll say justice, because I really feel like it's around the corner, the more, like, heightened that visibility of believing that process is, you know, where, you know, before I was like, oh, you know, I'm saying something and you may believe it, you may not, but there's just been specific situations where it's like, how in the world did that happen? You know, like the the scratch off, but all the numbers that were just in line, the, the Tupac and Scooby-Doo and all that and meeting people and even how we met, you know, it was just like, how you know and <laughs> i could stand you you know i'm really i'm really skeptical of who i trust and and you were just from the from the beginning it was just i don't know it was just something about you that was so natural and I, it felt pure and sincere so i know that if for no other person's story but georgia's that this was her time to get justice and through it all there's been this beautiful story that's been told and there's no denying it you know i i, I live by this scripture now it's kind of like my 
my go-to because it, it tells the story of my life, but it's Romans eight twenty-eight, and it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God to whom, who are the called according to his purpose. And to see purpose come out of such a dark situation is like, I couldn't be more grateful. Georgia was just someone that I held on to so dear for like my whole life where I, I, I didn't even see what could have come out of her story or her life. It was just something that affected me and I just held on to that. And now in sharing her with the world, there's been just so much life that has sprouted. And I think that's the that's the thing to remember is no matter what life gives you, there's still some good that can come out of it, you know? And I feel like that's where we are. We're at the point where the good is coming out of it. I think as far as everything that comes with Georgia's story and the justice that we will see, I mean, that's just because the podcast has finished all of its scheduled episodes doesn't mean that that's it. Now we're done pursuing justice. Now we're done trying to solve this situation and we're done working with the police and we're done doing all that. That's It's actually quite the opposite. This is truly just the beginning. For all of the storytelling we've done so far, there is so much more ahead. We've told this really beautiful version of who your sister was and we've included the ugly parts of it but at the end of the day the beauty the most beautiful thing about your sister is that she continues to bring people together and she continues to have this legacy that outlived her by I mean almost double how long she was alive actually over double how long she was alive Mm -hmm. and so it's a really beautiful thing that you get to continue that for her. And I'm really excited to hear about, I mean, I, I already know all this stuff, but I'm really excited for you to tell everybody about what we have going on. What's next? What's next for you? What's next for Georgia? Well, uh, that's a loaded question because so much has been happening and not just with me, but with you as well. I mean, I I try not to think about it because it's really dizzying because it's like things are just literally falling on my lap. One thing is I'm officially an advisor for Uncovered and they work with unsolved cases. And basically, I just give my little tidbit on how they can better serve families. And, you know, a big part of what I do is from communications just because I have a background in there, but just from a family standpoint as to what would I want to see, you know, from, from my loved one who was murdered, something I'd never even thought about doing. And ironically, the day before they reached out, I had a conversation with God and it was about advocating. And I was like, I don't want to be an advocate. Like just, I saw it as how everybody else did it. And I was like, well, that's not how I do things. So it would be going out of my nature. And God said, 
you can do advocacy how you see fit. And when he said that, it really just opened my mind to, I can still be myself and help people. You know, there's no clear cut way of doing things where one person may yell and scream and, you know, bust down people's doors. And mine is kind of just waiting around for whoever seems like someone I need to reach out to. And so it's just been a, a very, very unique journey. Also, in the last, like, not even a full week, um, I've had the opportunity to become an ambassador for Shared Hope International, which is a sex trafficking organization. And again, that was a how did this even come to be type of moment. You know, there's a real need for spreading the truth about what sex trafficking is and I'm for it, you know, and basically I feel like I'm in a, in a position where a lot of the things that affected Georgia, that affected my family, I'm able to have a voice for. Hopefully every single thing won't become something that I, you know, have to advocate for, but it, it's literally something that God just puts on my lap and it works out in the most miraculous ways. So yeah, those are those are the big things. And then I do plan on starting a nonprofit. I'm still trying to, you know, finish those details about how I want the company ran, but it's going to be called Faith for Justice. And it is going to be geared at helping people get advocacy for unsolved cases, inspiration, prayer, and whatever else comes with that. But when you understand what people need. It's hard to just turn an eye to it, you know? So all of those things literally just came to me. And I'm grateful because if I had to think about it, I'd probably be like still on point one. It, it's a lot going on, but at the same time, it, it feels like, like I'm breathing air, which I know that's because it's my purpose because typically I get really overwhelmed and I have been taking on more by the day and I don't feel it. I feel like I'm running a marathon. So yes. And with that, Maria, we don't want to forget about you. Well, um, <laughs> well I was just, I was going to say, you know, faith for justice is what brought Tanya into our lives. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening to this, you'll know that Angela and I have uh, talked about helping other families in this situation or situations similar to this. And if you listened to Voices for Justice podcast, we did mention it on there. And uh, yeah, Angel's, Angel's idea to start Faith for Justice, really it began with an email address <laughs> and a plan. And already like a magnet, it has pulled in another family in a similar situation that is looking for justice and we want to be able to be those advocates for that family absolutely. absolutely that's the beautiful thing about life you just never know how it's going to turn out you know there's so many families going through the exact same thing if not worse and to see traction and movement and you know smile through the tears it's like you know we're still here and there's still work that needs to be done for the people that we interact with. So let's do it.
justice has no expiration date when I came up with it. It started as, you know, no matter how long it takes for Georgia to get justice, my faith is still there that she will get justice. And literally in the year, because it's probably been close to a year to the day that I came up with it, it's evolved to justice doesn't stop no matter who's involved. You know, that journey continues. And even if one person does get justice, there's somebody else that needs justice. You know, it's like that domino effect of you help one, you help another, and they may be empowered to help somebody. So it's really, it's really beautiful to see all that can come out of just a few months of doing what I know God planned to happen. He told me trust him, and I did. And of course, he went above and beyond my expectations. But it's it's really beautiful to see to see progress, to see change, to see people's hearts be more softened by these tragedies that occur. You know, because if you're not living through it, you have no idea as to what that pain is day in and day out and fighting against systems that are just existing and not really caring to, you know, do what's right. And so we have to rely on each other to help change those systems and also create new ones. And to create a different type of true crime consumption. That is something that, you know, we've talked about quite a lot. And the hope is, is that not just with our podcast, but with the ones that we align ourselves with, with the the shows and the programming and all of the things that we've been involved with, we're very strategic about how we choose them because these tragedies are not for entertainment. Mm-hmm. If there isn't a purpose behind it, then it's not for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't, you can't desensitize something that is so tragic, you know, and unfortunately because it's become customary, people just kind of, you know, turn a blind eye to it and it's like but that's still somebody's loved one you know and right. it's it, it's really it's eye-opening because it's like if everybody which is the consumers and the media desensitize these lies then how do you expect law enforcement and the laws that are put into place to work against that you know everything is connected so if we as consumers and as just the regular people have a standard for what right looks like, it will compel the media to write better stories, more accurate stories. It will compel the police departments and everybody else that are investigating these cases to have a standard where the priority is the victim and getting their case solved, no matter what that entails. Absolutely. And maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree, but I think it all starts with the way we speak about things, the words we choose the enthusiasm that we use to talk about things. I, I get excited when someone wants to talk to me about your sister. And I get excited when someone wants to talk to me about the other families that have reached out to us that we plan to be involved with. I get excited about that. Not because I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys guess what happened. But because I am excited to see the other side of this. 
And I know so many of our listeners are here because they want to see the other side of this. They want to see the bad guy get caught. They want to see the family be able to step out from underneath that cloud. You know, you're never going to be able to close the book. I mean, you and I have talked about that so much. It's the, There's no such thing as closure. And there's certainly no such thing as moving on. Mm-hmm. But what you do is you get a little stronger and you use those newfound muscles to build a better situation for the next guy. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what is so important in the words that we choose and the enthusiasm that we use because we have to set the standard that we hope everybody else will hold themselves to. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And if it's not to build for the next guy, then what are you doing it for? Yeah. Cause you know, everybody needs help. Like that's just the nature of what it is. You know, one person may have experience here. Another person has experience there, but at the end of the day, there's going to come a point in time where you just don't have it. You know, you don't have that energy. You don't have that, that willpower to, to keep being optimistic or to see the brighter side of things and to have a community of people that is extending past your immediate, you know, circle of people that makes a difference, you know, just from my own experience, the most supportive people in this whole process have been primarily strangers. You know, when you look at, hey, we have a family of two, 300 people, how many people are actively sharing? How many people are actively reaching out to say, hey, I'm standing with you? And I think that's just the nature of what it is. You know, unfortunately, when it comes to these cases, strangers and people out there in the community become your best allies. So you got to treat them right, you know, because we never know who may be in that position next. Are there, are there any updates that we should include? So currently the last update was they're working on the case, (laughs) (laughs) which isn't funny, but it is funny because, you know, I, I take that with a grain of salt. Like, you know, prove it. You know, that's that's my thing. Prove it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um I am giving them space, you know, for my miracle to happen. So with that, um, there are no official updates, but I am um, you know, I'm holding on to my faith that by the end of the year her case will be solved. And I mean, you know, it's like in a couple of weeks, um, I kind of feel inclined to say by her birthday because it's like a week later. So I'll say by her birthday. You know. <laughs> by her birthday. <laughs> January we'll, we'll get past New Year's. You hear that? You hear that, detective? <laughs> you get an extra week, <laughs> extra seven days. You're getting graced with an extra week. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I just... So, it, and it, oh my gosh, like I wish I could just go into details with all the miracles and all the things that got to sell me, but I can't because it takes way too much time. But um, if you remember, it was probably like a month, maybe two months ago, I told you, I said, you know, I feel like God is transitioning 
this process to helping others because Georgia's case is about to get solved. And like within like days, things just started plop, 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 plop happening. I'm like, wow, that was quick. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, a couple months or so. Mm -hmm. And so I really feel like her day is coming and, you know, I don't really have to worry or stress it because everything that needs to be showcased, all the evidence that needs to come to light, all the checks and balances that need to happen are happening and will happen even without the help of the detectives. Like, I don't, I don't think her case is going to get solved by them having that aha moment. Like, I literally think it's going to be a miracle of whatever, where it's like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? And I'm at peace with that. So I'm like trying to patiently wait. Cause it's like, man, like I, I feel it. I feel it. Like when is it going to, you know, strike, strike green, but it, it's on the way. And so it's just doing what I feel needs to be done. You know, I'm really like, okay, what is God telling me to do? And honestly, everything that he's telling me is leading me to somewhere that I feel like I need to be at. So no pressure, you know, there's, there's yeah, no talk about leading you somewhere you're supposed to be <laughs> angels over here, <laughs> saving lives and rescuing marriages. Let me just, we'll just, we'll just put that out there. Oh man. Yeah. As everything alive in my house just decided right now was going to be the time that they all just moved around, cried. <laughs> rolled around behind me what is this look you had like 20 minutes and you decided to chit chat no it's true we had 20 minutes of silence and you and I caught up because I haven't talked to you in a week so yeah that's you know saving lives saving marriages saving saving hope and and it's crazy because everyone's like oh my gosh you're just so positive you're just so you know like you believe you believe and I'm like I have to you know because one, for my own sanity, but you know, my whole life has been, you know, miracle based and it doesn't get more telling than, you know, God answering my prayer to send my husband. And then before we meet, he's dreaming about me, you know? So, and there's no doubt he's the one, like, I'm like, God made you just for me. <laughs> I was going to say, three kids later, let's hope he's the one. He's not, you're not just testing the waters you know, here. You're like, you know what? Maybe we'll try for a fourth and then I'll really know. Right. 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 Like, there is no doubt that that, that man was made for me. So I'm like, well, I have enough testimonies and how this whole process started was just something it's so beautiful you know you drive in seven hours newly pregnant and i'm like man i love this family <laughs> right and then we went and stayed at Haley's house yeah and it was, it was awesome it was awesome that's very true so uh going back to things we talked about a second ago um i'm gonna play the interview we did with uncovered but I wanted to talk about that for a second because it's not just that you are an ambassador for the 
tra- the sex trafficking group and a consultant on the uncovered pro uh, what is it a program i don't know website group company company sure um but you are also a face and voice for the homicide victims families act or vic right is that the wording of it yeah um another that's proposed by uh proposed by congressman uh solwell right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so uh, crazy yeah another one because that wasn't even expected you know it actually on the night it was referred to the subcommittee on crime terrorism and homeland security which i don't know exactly what that means you know until it's passed i don't know well, but how is it going to get passed at this point? Because I know, you know, we talked about this with Ashley on, with Uncovered, mm-hmm. but what's so key to get this passed, and she ta- she goes into what it actually is. She tells us a little bit more about what it actually is. But one of the key components of getting this passed is that constituents in every part of this country need to pressure their representatives mm-hmm. to vote on it, mm-hmm. to vote for it. So basically it's like, popularity based you know which is unfortunate with politics because there's a lot of things that need to be done you know and I feel like this is definitely one of those things because there's so many crimes that continuously happen and so many crimes that just go left unsolved but you know for the people up in DC to care um, they have to hear about it they have to see that constant pressure Mm -hmm. It requires everybody's input, you know. You know, that's what we're hoping. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Like Angel, Ashley Fujawa and the rest of the team at Uncovered are involved with the promoting and hopefully the passing of the Homicide Victims Families Act. We sat down with her to get more information about what she does, the mission of Uncovered, and to hear more about what the Homicide Victim Families Act is and why it's so vital for people who find themselves in the same circumstances Angel's in. So here's that interview. Can you tell us about what Uncovered is and where the inspiration for the organization came from? Yeah, for sure. So we are building the first combined data platform of all the missing and murdered cases in the U.S., So unfortunately, there are over 250,000 cases, unsolved cases of missing and murdered people um, in the U.S. So we believe that we can build a visual database that combines not only 
um, victim first profile language, but also maps, sources to other information that people can learn about, direct calls to action so we can crowdsource the gaps in these unsolved cases um, and provide answers. We know that there are so many people who are still searching for answers in their loved ones' cases. Uh, even law enforcement are still trying to, to put together pieces to understand what has happened in cases. And then there's also this huge influx of people who are interested in learning more about unsolved cases that are out there, uh, people who are consuming true crime. So we want to provide a place to turn people from consumers of content, but to advocates for people. Sounds awesome. Yeah. What are the criteria for cases to be featured? That's a great question. Um, so we work with cold cases and we deem a case cold that it's at least 36 months old where there's not been substantial movement either from law enforcement or there's not substantial media coverage. We want to make sure that we're adding to the conversation about a case, but we're also providing benefit. So a digital footprint. Um, and unfortunately, with so many cases that are out there, we're categorizing them by cases that involve someone going missing, murdered, or has a suspicious death. So we have a lot of family members who submit cases to us. We, we just ask that there's some sort of visual representation for the person because we want to be able to pull people in so they can learn more about the case. Then we go out and we are searching for information of all the publicly available information that exists out there. So that's any media report that exists, any podcast or YouTube interview that's been out there, any public record that we can get our hands on, any of the information that's out there that's consumable. And again, we layer that on with maps of locations where things have taken place, uh, images that exist, and other resources so people can do their own research on these cases. But we're steering them in a place where there's accurate information about a case. So if you listen to something, you're more than likely going to Google to go see a photo or to see a map. We want to be that location for people so we can introduce them to other cases that don't get attention. Because unfortunately, those are cases a lot of women of color, indigenous women, members of the LGBTQ Q plus community, sex workers whose cases don't get a lot of media attention. They don't get a lot of attention in the justice system as well or the community. So we want to provide that opportunity that we're bringing in people and giving them accurate information, but also show them other cases that they may have never heard about, didn't know that it was in their hometown or that they can actually have an impact on. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm all for it, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> how can Uncovered reshape how unsolved cases are viewed? That is a great question, Angel. And, you know, as I mentioned, that there are over 250,000 unsolved cases. And unfortunately, clearance rates have fallen for cases of murdered people. So those are less than 50%. So we know that many law enforcement agencies don't necessarily have the resources focused on solving cold cases. But we know that there are so many people consuming this content. And unfortunately, in this space, it's not necessarily been focused on what you can do. It's just been focused on consuming. So if we can bring people in and even provide them some sort of passive way that they can share this information, so if it's using their own agency, their own social media platforms to make sure that these cases reach a wider audience, or more intentional of, have you seen this person? Have you seen this car? Can you listen to this recording and provide information back? We want to provide a space that people can do that, that they can stand up, that they can advocate for people. So when you come to our site, we have even those small calls to action. We call them what's left to be uncovered on a case. So we've kind of delved into what can, you could do in five minutes, five hours, five days. But then if you want to take the next step, we create digital workspaces for people so they could come in and create a free profile to be able to, to, be able to track cases. So on our site, 
we're continuously updating information, whether it's a new uh, media report, uh, another bit of information has been released. So we're constantly updating the cases that we have on our site and adding new ones all the time. So you can bookmark a case and follow it along, keep adding information, keep sharing it as it comes out. But then we also have a really engaged community of people who have these special hidden talents. So whether they're really good at finding information online or they're in an area where they can go and advocate and do um, drive-by call-outs for cases, just different kinds of skill sets where they've said, I want to do more. I care about these cases. I want to make sure that something else can happen. I don't want to just listen. I want to do. We have a whole community of people who found each other who are utilizing their research skills, their opportunities to advocate for people and working on cases in groups or they're doing additional research, or they're learning from experts in the, in the field as well and accessing different resources, whether it's how to file a public records request, um, how to log a crime scene, all of these different things that are important in educating and training people to do work in a thoughtful and impactful way that's helpful in these cases. Wow. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I have a little bit of a... a special connection, not only because, you know, George's case is featured, but you guys also reached out and asked if I could be an advisor for you all. And if you could just share a little bit um, as to where that inspiration came from to even ask of that and what that entails. Yeah. So we are no, we know that there are many people who have come before us in this space and there are many people who are going to come after us. We want to make sure that we are creating technology that we are building something for good that's going to have a good impact. So we know that we need to surround ourselves with experts in this space, with different people with different insights, who have different viewpoints and can talk about this will be helpful, this won't be helpful. So as an opportunity to leverage their voice, because we know that there are so many advocates in this space, so many family members, so many experts as well who are doing this work tirelessly, that we know that we have the expertise in technology and community building, that we want to infuse it here and help people who are doing this work and provide something unique that through the power of collective impact, we can rise everyone's amplification. So reaching out to you was one that we saw that you were doing this work. We wanted to help you. We were so in line with the mission of knowing that, you know, the more you talk about something, the more you get information out there, the more you get accurate information. And the idea that no one owns this information. It needs to be out there in a way that people can own their story from a family member and victim perspective, but it shouldn't be cloistered away. It should be shared with people so people can share information and provide an opportunity to do good and to do help. So we were ecstatic that you saw the shared vision and, and, and raised your hand to join us as well to see that, that we could do some really great work here in infusing technology in a space that, that hasn't had it implied so much. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, you <laughs> hit so many, so many valuable. I points. know, right? Um, <laughs> can I uh, jump in with a question really quick? Yeah. So you're talking about all the various different technologies um, to get things out there. We know you have your website. You mm -hmm. also have, you know, you, you utilize social media a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe Angel's going to ask this question again in a little bit. What, what kind of I suppose, like analog technology, like on the ground footwork, what kind of stuff are you guys involved in as far as that goes? And how can other people get involved with those, you know, in-person physical show up for the cause type things? Do you put individual things out or do you have, you know, like group 
group things that people can get involved in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful question. So we've recently launched what's called our digital advocacy center within our community that anyone can have access to. And it was actually wonderfully created by two members of our community with with the help of, of Angel as well um, to identify what are some of those things that someone might need to kind of keep a case out there. So we've cr- created some checklists, some additional resources that we think can help family members, can help advocates and can help people who say, hey, I, I want to do more. So providing those resources, we know that locally through like a localization strategy of a case that someone cares about, it's actually interesting when we asked 500 people, what would get them to do more than just consume these stories, consume this content, but would actually get them to act? Number one was knowing the victim. And number two was having some some connection to the location of where an incident went happen. So where someone went missing, where someone was maybe murdered. So they have a unique insight into that location. And number three was simply being asked what to do. I, you know, I have these skills, I just don't know where to start. So knowing that those three things can get someone to act by mobilizing all of the information in one place, what we've done with our website and what we've done with the community via resources, we're seeing that there are those advocates on the ground, that they are there locally. And we're finding a way to provide them additional resources where they can come and say, hey, you know, I need to connect with X, Y, and Z. Great, we'll provide a digital workspace so you can do that with someone. And then we'll also provide you these additional resources if perhaps you wanted to meet up and do a honk and wave, or you wanted to start a letter writing campaign to your local legislator. Uh, We want to provide as much information as we can to people so they can act on their behalf and behalf for other people. What we know, what moves a cold case, for instance, is this definitely changes in technology related to DNA. We see that every day that someone that a case has been solved that's really old through either forensic genealogy or technology is catching up through law enforcement resources. But we also know the second thing that moves a cold case along is changes in relationships. So, you know, someone's not in a relationship with someone anymore. Maybe someone has passed away and someone feels more confident to share information. We know that those things also break a case wide open. So the more we can keep these cases in the media and utilizing, you know, our social media platforms, which is where we know a lot of these conversations are happening. But that also trickles down to local media, which we know, unfortunately, is what gets covered for a case, particularly a local case of someone could hear about that and say, hey, I have greater insight. I can contribute something. I can share something with law enforcement. And we know that's the number one thing that law enforcement always ask. If you've seen something, say something. But it's really hard to do that if you don't know what you're looking for or how to report the information out. So by providing a visual representation of that and having clear ways that people can contact law enforcement, or if a family member is really active on a case, that they can join their social networks, that they can amplify their messages that they're putting out there, that they can share accurate information about a case. We're providing those streams of communication, and we're doing it in a way that's streamlining the process. And hopefully this has this great snowball effect so more traction happens within these cases. Can you tell us about um, the Homicide Victims Family Rights Act and why that's important for cold cases in general, particularly important with Uncovered? So that was also one of the ways that we were introduced, particularly to you, Angel. We saw your your heartfelt outreach to make sure that that some sort of legislation has passed um, to make sure that cases just don't continue to go cold. So seeing that there was legislation that was being proposed out there got us extremely excited that 
you know, we could be building technology that's not only helpful for people who are interested in this as, as a way to kind of move an interest along and, and find a way individually to help, but again, through, through collection that people could come together and actually make movement through legislation. So uh, with the act, they are looking at creating an opportunity that family members can request to have their case looked at if it's gone, uh, again, at least 36 months without any movement. They can request to have it opened. And we know a lot, as I mentioned, that many law enforcement agencies don't have dedicated resources to, you know, continued investigations. We certainly know that there are, you know, some members of law enforcement out there who carry these cases with them and do work after hours. But having dedicated legislation to make sure that this is intentional, that infrastructure is built to make sure that family members are supported, um, that there is movement and that there are these resources that can be shared is going to be game changer, particularly for so many cases that go unanswered. Another component of that is building a public way to keep track of this information. So there's no one central located database that keeps track of all this information where you could look across cases, but you can also look individually. They're mostly uh, state-based groups or they're groups that focus on maybe uh, one population or our media are keeping track of some of these things as well. But there's not one place where you can go and look if someone is missing in your area or uh, has been murdered in your area to find out what are next steps, what, what's actually being happening in this case. So part of that legislation is proposing some way to keep track of that. And we are already working on that. So as much as we can help with insights of how this is important, the members of our community who are already utilizing this information, and the many family members and advocates that we've been working with to kind of share, here's where we're seeing the greatest need is uh, existing. Here's how people are utilizing this information. Here's how it could be utilized. That's also a game changer to make sure that something like this is actually implemented so that there can be uh, direct work in these cases and with family members. We see so often that, you know, sometimes legislation is proposed and it goes away or something else takes top priority. But this is something that is key, not only in this community that people want to see a resource like this created, but so many families need answers in these cases and so many victims need their voice back again. So being able to move something along like this and even having some role of working with uh, representatives to make sure that we're activating people in a way that can move this along, that, that we can see that, you know, together we can make something like this happen and create something lasting is, is just key. I actually got word of it during a conversation with um, the detective on George's case. And, you know, I honestly, I don't really look at legislation and stuff like that. So when I heard about it, it really was something that I just gravitated towards and became passionate about. Through that conversation, there was an informal introduction between me and the uh, congressman's office. I basically just told him my sister's story in an email and why I was advocating for the bill alongside them. And um, they took that email and put it in an article and asked if I could do a video. From that, it just turned into me unofficially advocating for the bill. As a family member of someone murdered, as well as an advocate for other people, as well as just someone who sees what people go through day in and day out, it's super needed. I've, I look at my sister's case and I'm like, man, 24 years is a long time. But there's people who have gone 40 years, you know, more than 40 years with no, not only not having answers, but not having any traction. There's hardly any stories. There's hardly any evidence. There's hardly any 
paperwork on the actual case. So to have this bill be proposed where there's set, you know, timelines where people can be, you know, they can reintroduce their cases and they can have that little bit of hope where it doesn't die. You know, that, that, Mm -hmm. that case lives on until it's solved is, is paramount to just trusting the system. You know, there's so many flaws in the system. And I feel like the introduction of this bill is just one way to fix a big problem and and kind of restore hope in, in the justice system and in the possibility of getting that, that answer that everybody des- desperately asks is what happened. Yeah, I think completely. I think that notion of accountability is really important and accountability to the public. Uh, so knowing, you know, this is how this information is collected. This is how you can make a direct impact in, in some of the, the cases that are out there. That's going to be key as well, because it's so much of it is done behind closed doors or you don't hear about it. And and it's wonderful when you hear those stories that, you know, a case has movement or a case has been solved. But then there are also so many others that you just don't hear about. Um, and unfortunately, we hear that a lot in our work of, you know, cases that we're at least providing some sort of of digital footprint in because someone may hear about it and want to know more information. And for a lot of cases, there's there's no information that's out there or there's very little or there's maybe one fleeting news article. If we can at least put a photo with that and build some sort of map and then some sort of timeline and then a contact information, that's just one step in providing accountability to make sure that you know, if, if we're not able to get traction on it within our community and the, and the opportunity that we're providing for people to do this work, that in the future, someone else will. So we don't believe that, you know, one person can do everything, but we do believe that everyone can do something. So if, if you can contribute to, you know, a timeline or add a source or submit a case or even come and have a thoughtful conversation of like, hey, I could share this information out or I know someone who lives not too far from here. That can be crucial in any of these cases in providing that public accountability to not only each other, but to these to these family members and to these victims is so important, especially in a space where so much is done of just consuming information and just listening to these cases. And it's interesting. I mean, that's how I initially got started. I've always been interested in, in unsolved cases and kind of mysteries. And even myself growing up in you know southern Indiana, I distinctly remember a case in the very early 90s involving a little girl who was murdered who was not too far from my age. She was 12 and I was 11. And that was the first time it stuck with me that these aren't just scary stories that happen and and tales of what you shouldn't do, but actual people who are out there. And, and, And I've carried that with me since. And then even meeting Anna, who is one of the other co-founders with Uncovered, her cousin went missing when we were both in college. And that is still a cold case to this day. But I remember her and I talking about this case and Anna wanting to kind of find a way to do more. And unfortunately, as I mentioned, that still that case is still unsolved. But the family was able to take at least the next step and get legislation passed locally to say, if an adult goes missing and you suspect that something is wrong, you act immediately from a law enforcement standpoint. And unfortunately, we see that with so many cases where they just wait or there's no movement because people think that they can't ask for resources to happen. So again, as as a tragedy that happened in the early 2000s, the family was able to stand up and get legislation passed for people that come afterwards to say, no, act immediately, get out there, get within the media, work within law enforcement, find ways to keep these cases out there and find more information. Fighting for justice is... 100% a collective effort. And I think 
with the the social media being such a focal point in today's society, what better way than to monopolize on it? Because if there was something like this when I was, you know, 10 years ago, I think uh, there would be a lot more traction. But, you know, everyone has their experiences and together we take those experiences and we create change. So I'm grateful for organizations like yours and, and others and just having a community of people that care and they care to take it to a step further where they're actually doing something and you know helping us get justice well we're excited to be on this journey with you angel and to have you advising us but also to be able to build something and we think that that's an exciting opportunity as you said nothing like this kind of exists so we're creating this in real time with people's input people's feedback and again making sure that it is something useful to be put into the community and something that is helpful that is going to really move the needle on all of these unsolved cases. I obviously am on the outside of that, but yeah, having had many conversations with Angel and now, you know, we're opening the floor for other families that are in a similar situation to where Angel finds herself. Just having that network is, I mean, it's invaluable. Thank you for creating that space for, for them, but also for me as an advocate, it's sometimes I am at a loss for words or I am at a loss for where to turn to, to the next step. And the best that I can do is be extremely supportive and step in when necessary. But even sometimes I don't know when that, uh, that necessary is where it fits in. So having something like this for those moments where even us as the advocates are at a loss, is it's so important. So thank you. Thank you, Maria. Yeah, I mean, we know that there are so many people out there who, who just don't know what to do. Or, you know, they just, they don't know what would cause them to do something else besides maybe just listen or watch. And, and that is okay, as long as we can provide a safe space for people where they can come and get accurate information and find a way to kind of move in their own path. We know that that's at least an opportunity to move people along in that trajectory. So we do know when they are ready, that they'll be able to do something that's just as impactful and build up of all the great momentum that we've been creating as a community and that we've been um, leveraging with, with other advocates in this space, other content creators, other people who know that more can happen in this space than just consumption. And so for, for our listeners and for myself, actually, I'm curious. So if there are cases or there are people that aren't on your site already, is there an area or is there somewhere we can direct people to get in contact with you to suggest those cases? Yeah. So um, if there is a case that uh, someone wants to make sure gets attention that we haven't covered, um, but also we are working through a big backlog. And as I mentioned, we're, we're a very small team and we're just getting started. But as the more that we're able to kind of grow our community and grow interest in what we're doing, we're able to build on the technology and, and bring professionals in to do this. So curating those cases are key. But we have right on the homepage of our website, a submit a case. So you could easily come to uncover.com submit a case that we haven't visualized yet. So particularly for family members, if you know they need additional resources, definitely do that. Or if you've maybe listened to a podcast or, or you saw a special and you're like, hey, I went to Google and I didn't really see a lot, or this should just be added there. So it's another touch point for 
more information that exists, submit it as well. Uh, we're also encouraging law enforcement too. Like we want to make sure that we're impactful, but we're also providing that way of utilizing social pressure in a way that gets people to kind of move. So there's a big button right on our homepage to submit a case. But then as you click into the cases and start to read more, start to follow the timelines and see the sources, we have a lot of um, calls to action of not just share this on your social media platform or specifically have you seen this person or can you contribute to, you know, maybe a family's uh, campaign or GoFundMe to hire a private investigator or get additional resources. But we also ask people to submit a source. So maybe they heard about something or, or they read a news article and we've not captured it yet. And that is the power of that crowdsourcing. So they can easily submit, hey, here's something that you might want to consider adding. Or I think this timeline actually needs another event. Or maybe you got some information incorrect. And, and that is the power of, of utilizing everyone's uh, brain and everyone's great resources here. So we want that interaction. We're building that interaction within our platform and providing those ways for people to contribute. So please come see what's on there, what needs to be on there, and start to contribute to these cases in a way that that keeps them within the public and within the community and hopefully within the justice system as well. So what we're doing now through our Digital Advocacy Center is we're curating um, those resources to make it easy for people to get involved with the act. So what that looks like is doing some research to make sure that we have accurate data points around information to kind of show the need of what exists. So we're doing that now within our community. You can easily come in and, and learn more of what you can do to help. There's some small things as we're starting to kind of build that coalition and, and build that, that group of activated people of, you know, even simply saying this needs to be out there, contact your local legislator. Uh, so how to write like a, a letter to your legislator. We have a really great run through and resource for that. So if you're listening to this right now and you want to know more, head over to our community, jump right into our digital advocacy center and read all of the information that we have learn how to write a letter to your legislator of why they should um, support this. Uh, help us, you know, find additional resources that are important. Um, unfortunately, we know that there are a lot of family members out there who can speak on that, and we have a lot in our community. If you're listening to this and you're a family member, raise your hand and say, I want to make sure that my voice is heard, that my story is heard, so we can bring those resources together, put them in a location where we can start to utilize that collective impact and that social pressure to make sure lawmakers hear about this. So when they go to vote in these committees and they pass this along, they know that their constituency is focused on this and wants to see this. If this is what we're flooding in everyone's Twitter feed, or this is what we're talking about in Clubhouse, we know that people are listening. And we know the more that we start to talk about that, the more action that we can see happening as well. Exactly. <laughs> no, this has been, this has been incredibly insightful. And ultimately we just want people to have the answers that they're looking for. We want the process to be easier. I think if everyone does a little bit collectively, that adds up to a lot. And, you know, fighting for justice is a very taxing process. And having people and systems in place to ease that burden, it just, it makes, it makes a difference that can't be thanked enough. What Uncovered is doing and what the Homicide Victim Families Act can do for the future of unsolved cases is unprecedented. So we'll be putting together some information with the ways you can join the fight and reach out to your congressperson and help get the act passed. We'll post those things to our social media as they become available. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In addition to keeping our foot on the gas and trying to keep the sheriff's department looking at her case, doing interviews, things like that. Because at the moment, we really don't know what what they're doing. They could have set it on the back burner again, for all we know, because the communication is not as free-flowing as it was for a minute there. But uh, in addition to that, I mean, we don't intend to bench ourselves in this (laughs) at all. Uh, so I imagine we'll probably keep doing some marches and vigils on all the important dates. You're smiling. No? Well, okay, so <laughs> you know how I feel about these types of things. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like those aren't my types of things, you know, like I know we did the one last year, which was very, I feel very necessary. I just feel like me personally, like visuals, yes, because the atmosphere is different. Sure. I feel like marches incite too much hostility. I don't ever want to put Georgia's memory or her name in a situation where I'm acting out of character. Hmm. That's hundred percent fair. Yeah, and so, you know, I huh, I try and walk that straight and narrow, you know, and then it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's other things that can be done to keep her memory more peaceful things. Which, you know, there's different ideas, but honestly, I haven't even been, I haven't even been put thought into it. Probably just got to do something real, real simple for her birthday. Something, you know, probably just something quiet because it's, it's been so heavy, you know, and like I'm in such a good place where I try not to think too much about it still being open and it's still, you know, the mm-hmm. injustice of it. You know, it's like take on what you can handle. Sure. But who knows? The future is the future. (laughs) Yeah. We know what's next for us. We know that. We've already... Well, we know what's next for us. But 
what is next for Georgia? She's currently in Sebastopol under a headstone with the wrong name. So what is, what's the plan for that? So I talked it over with my family and we have decided to have her cremated and we're going to have her ashes shared amongst us. Um, That was kind of my initial thought just because the time that's passed and everything. But if there was a chance of having any type of additional DNA salvaged, then that was kind of my, you know, primary focus. In addition to having some type of confirmation as to the nature of how she was found. Um, But I have peace in knowing that everything that's found has been found. Like, there's nothing left to find. And my family's at peace with that. So um, I definitely don't want her to stay in California by herself, you know, personal preferences. So um, I'm currently in the works of trying to get her cremated and sent here. With her birthday coming up, is that still the goal? You're still going to try to do that by her birthday? That is the goal, but communication has been limited. Mm -hmm. I did speak with someone like a few weeks ago, but we've been playing phone tag one-sided. I know they've had a lot of stuff going on there. So if it's not done by her birthday, I'm okay with that. You know, before it was more, it was more pressured, you know, I think just because it was like, man, now she has an opportunity to have things done the right way. But um, I'm at a place now where everything that needs to happen is going to happen, you know, and I'm at peace with that. So I'm not going to get bent out of shape if the goal is to have her here by her birthday and it doesn't, um, because at the end of the day, she will be here, you know, and I can't get consumed in the things that are out of my control. So I am, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that she's going to be back with her family. That is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I know your brothers will be really happy about that as well. Yeah. And my mom, surprisingly, you know, it's a very touchy topic with her. And, um, you know, and I told her about the idea and she was, she was at peace with it. And I think she knows enough to know that she needs to be with her family, you know, um, he doesn't know too much about the podcast and probably won't listen just because it's an area like that she just hasn't come to grips with being able to just talk about. But um, the little bit of time that I was able to talk about the cremation, she thought about it and she was okay with it. So well, that's great. I'm really glad. And I, and I don't blame her at all for not being able to talk about it uh, beyond just the loss of her daughter the the blaming and the shaming that went with it. I understand why she wouldn't that why she wouldn't, you know, and I, I hope she never listens to the podcast for the simple fact that we don't really hold back a lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think honestly, which I don't talk to my brothers too much about it just because, you know, we try and dwell on like the positive remember, you know, memories, but I think, I don't think anyone listens to it, honestly. And 
me included. You know, there's certain episodes that I have to, you know, listen to to edit, but I don't go back and listen to it. And that's just because, you know, it's hard. So, you know, it's one of those things where Georgia's story is out there for who needs to hear it, but we know it. So we don't have to relive it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if I could listen. I could, I could talk all day, you know, but I don't know if I could listen. I listen because I edit, but yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't jump on iTunes and listen back. It's hard enough to have the conversations with you as someone who is separate from it all. What a difference a year can make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, a year ago, you were still pulling your hair out to try and get somebody to just call you back. And, and now we're at the point where granted, like I said, communication isn't exactly free flowing right now, but we're at the point where we've been able to do exactly what we set out to do, which was get Georgia's case cared about, get Georgia's case worked and get her story corrected. And, and, and you've done that. You've done all that. Yeah. And, and learned a lot along the way, you know, I was sharing some information with someone about, you know, just how to help get their story out. And I was like, you know, you can be like me or you don't have to be like me, but I started trolling everybody on Twitter and I literally used to post like 50 times when we got home from work, just, okay, this article is trending. Let me post on this. And then like, if it wasn't, if it didn't gain traction, I would delete it and then post somewhere else. And I would, I would get home at like four and then, you know, troll to like seven or eight in the morning and then go to sleep. And my husband would be looking at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I have to, like, I don't know what post is going to be that post, you know? And now I'm like, I know people are like, well, she barely posts about her sister. Like she's posting all this inspirational stuff, but it's like, I'm at a place now where I'm at peace, you know? And Mm -hmm. if I feel like posting about Georgia, I will. If I feel like it's relevant, then, you know, it is, but I'm not going to wreck my brain to keep telling her story because I feel like everything that has to be told is out there. All the pieces are out there and they're just going to like a magnet all come together. So Well, and there's a finite amount of information and photos and stories that exist when someone has passed away. There is that that has created Mm -hmm. this finite amount of things that you can share about one person. As stories come to us, as information comes to us, as updates on her case come to us, we're absolutely going to share that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important and I think it's really says a lot about you that you can take the breaks and that you can be inspiring and inspired in such a situation like this because so many people and I and I know this from experience of losing people not in such a violent way Mm -hmm. but so many people think that you have to be sad and you have to be heartbroken and you have to live in that or else you're doing a disservice for your loved one. When in reality, 
the best thing you can do for the person that you are missing is love them and miss them and share them Mm -hmm. and, and get inspiration from what they were and who they were to you and move that forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, I think that sums up grief, you know, like if Mm -hmm. you keep living in it, you will drive yourself crazy. And there was times where I was like, oh, man, you know, because you just, you want those answers so bad. And it's like, you get so close and you try and will, you know, that process. And sometimes you just got to take a step away from it, you know? Yeah. I don't know for everybody else, but for me, you know, I have a very, very specific walk with God and I know that things are coming together and I can't burn myself out this last stretch trying to make sure that, you know, Georgia is not that forgotten 12 year old sister, you know? I've Mm -hmm. done my part. We've done our part. You know, we'll continue to poke the bear if necessary. But now it's really about everybody else that needs that same help. And it's a beautiful transition. It is. It feels like the the right path, especially in George's name. You know, I think if she were here and she saw what you were doing and the amount of effort that you're putting in for everyone around you because mind you and I am going to include this part because you're not just doing this you're not one-sided you know this isn't just I exist to be on social media and all these various different interviews so that I can say my sister's name you're also a mother you're a wife, you're a business owner. There's there's this whole life outside of this. And yet you managed to find time for the important stuff regarding your sister and then open yourself up to other people too. And, and these other situations that could become all consuming, but you do it with such grace and you do it with such positivity. It's it's wild. It's great. <laughs> it is wild. It is bigger than me. I will say that. I've been riding this high for a little minute. And I'm like, as long as I stay focused and remember, it's not about me. You know, when I try and take it on, that's when I fall, you know, because mm-hmm. I can't take it on. Like, I really can't. So when I'm like, okay, I'm doing this not for me, but for this person, I'm doing this because it's a part of my purpose. And I, and I don't try and dissect what that is. I'm able to just put on more and more and more and more and more. And I'm like, let's go. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
thank you um, to every one of the listeners for, you know, supporting, following, learning more about Georgia, um, learning about the justice system and the failures and what can be improved upon. Thank you to Miss Maria. I mean, <laughs> it's been a beautiful journey. And as she's holding the baby over there, who finally decided at the end of the episode to be quiet, you know, um, I definitely appreciate everything that you've done and all the sacrifices you've made to help tell Georgia's story. And, you know, the future is what you make it. You know, I feel like a lot of times people succumb to their circumstances and, you know, as they say, lemons make lemonade, you know. So if it's sour, go get some sugar and pour it in that container and whip it up. You know, that's what we're doing. We're whipping up some some lemonade and changing the world. So, Or as our sweet friend Sarah would say, okay. if you think the world, if, if you think the world is a cold place. Go out there and warm it up. Warm it up. Warm it up. That is power that you have. So take it. You know, there's there's a lot of positive stuff happening. And um, I'm excited and enjoying the ride because this is all for Georgia. You know, there would be no podcast if it wasn't for Georgia. There would be no advisor and ambassador and helping people you know so even though she's only here for 12 years you know it's it's been an impactful 12 years and I've learned that as people you know we hold on to time and we we feel entitled to how much time someone should have but who's to say how long we have you know that's why you have to cherish people, make the most of what you have. So with Georgia's 12 years, um, I can say it was ended short. That's how I feel. But there was a purpose to her 12 years. And she made a difference in my life. And she's making a difference in other people's lives. She packed a lot into 12 years. Yeah. I mean, in 24 years later, had there not been a Georgia, there would not be a you and I. There would not be all the things that we're going to do with our time together. And that is so fucking cool. <laughs> She's going to be remembered, you know, and I think it's fitting, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize technically it's going to air tomorrow, but we're recording tonight and you know, that group that was started. And when I, when the lady reached out on behalf of someone else and I was like, yeah, you know, you can use her picture. And when I clicked on the group and, you know, it was just like Georgia's face. And it was just like, man, it's amazing how some things just take time, you know. And I'm a firm believer this was the time. All of my family is together now. Like, even my extent, like my brother from another, you know, father, like, I know who he is. To be able to go through this process and, heal and grow and talk about Georgia together as we're going through it. It's I'm I'm grateful for it. If it meant taking 24 years to find out who did it, then 
it took 24 years, but I can say that together we're going to get justice. We don't want anyone who's committed the atrocities we talk about to ever feel safe or invisible. We don't want them to feel that they're comfortably hiding who they really are. We want their discomfort. That's literally the goal. We want the cloak they've been living under to unravel, and we want to continue to tug on those loose threads. So, for everybody listening, thank you for giving us the opportunity to make that safe space smaller for all the monsters that walk among us. While we don't know today what's next in George's case, we do know one thing for absolute certain. Justice has no expiration date. I want to take a second and thank all of you so much for listening to the show. If you think you know something about Georgia's murder, you have any tips, whether big or small, you can submit those tips to whathappentogeorgialee at gmail.com. That's whathappentogeorgialee, L-E-E, at gmail.com. Or if you prefer to reach out directly to the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department tip line, you can do so at 707-565-2650. Or you can submit tips through their website at sonomasheriff.org slash silent dash witness. If you have Facebook, you can follow us on Georgia's page at Justice for Georgia Lee Moses. This is also our Instagram handle, Justice for Georgia Lee Moses. You can find us on Twitter at Solve Her Murder and on YouTube at Justice for Georgia Lee Moses. Since there are so few photos of Georgia still in existence, we always take art submissions at Instagram or at our Gmail account. So if you feel inspired, we love getting new images of Georgia to share. If you want to help get Georgia's story out to the world, you can share this podcast with your network, rate it, review it, or share it on your social media pages with people you think that might be interested or who might know something. And as always, thank you for being a part of Georgia's community. This fight would be really rough without you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.